The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this weekend here in summer. Uh, I was just talking to our radio producer, and on Tuesday, the 21st of June, it's the longest day of the year, my favorite day of the year, the longest day of the year. But we have a little weather coming into Central Oregon. I remember, uh, well, also I should say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, Josh, you deserve a Father's Day present more than I do probably because you're getting kicked in the shins, it seems like, <laughs> by your little guys. Uh, but yeah, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, and I remember last year, Father's Day, uh, my son was playing a baseball tournament in it, in Portland, and it was a little bit chilly. So seems to happen after we get some good weather, it cools off. But I'm sure the heat and uh, fires are headed <laughs> our way. All right. Let's, as always, if you want to be part of the program, you can give us a call, 877-670-7117, or email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Um it feels like 2021 again, right, Josh? It's rainbows and butterflies. I think the market is on MDMA. Biggest uh, biggest inflows into stocks since 2021. About yeah, because uh, what do you do? 30 after, months after the market, a lot of stocks go to all-time highs. You buy them. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta buy the stuff that goes up. Yeah. as Grayson says. Uh, so U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were up three percent. Yes, you heard me right, three percent last week. Uh, the Nasdaq was up uh, over four, almost four and a half percent. Nasdaq is just crazy how much it's ripped so far this year. We're off actually to one of the best starts, best first year part, first first half of the year um, ever. Actually, believe that or not, uh, international developed market stocks uh, were three percent higher. Also, emerging market stocks were up two and a half percent. Uh, small caps were the definite laggards. They were up only a quarter of 1%, essentially flat, depending on when index you looked at in the small cap universe. Uh, in the bond market, we didn't really see much of a move in the rate complex. We saw the aggregate bond index. So think of the uh, S&P 500 of the bond world was mostly unchanged. Uh, the yield on a six-month treasury is 5.35%. The yield on a one-year treasury is 5.24%, and a 10-year treasury yields 3.77. So as you can see, the yield curve is still inverted. And I was looking back at different times when we've seen the yield curve inverted before recession. Uh, and there were some times where the yield curve was inverted for quite some time before the recession actually started. Um, you, have, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are now starting to be in the camp that maybe we're not going to have a recession um, not necessarily people I respect very much in terms of their economic forecasting, uh, but but nonetheless, we're getting more and more people chirping about maybe we won't go into a recession. Uh, I guess all that matters is uh, what actually happens. Gold was unchanged last week, 1971 an ounce, and oil traded up about a percent and a half at uh, $71.80 a barrel. So we had quite a bit of market moving uh events last week. We had a lot of economic data come out. We had the Fed uh, and the, they finished their Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday where they did leave interest rates unchanged. Uh, I guess depending on who you listen to, the Fed paused. Um, so the Fed funds rate is at a range between five. I hate that they call it in a range now. I wish, you know, going back, they used to just be call it a number, but uh, we're in a range between five and five and a quarter. Um, but on Wednesday, in his press conference, uh, Chairman Jerome Powell indicated that even though they are pausing, they are expecting two more rate hikes sometime in 2023. Um, and what's weird to us um, is uh, – what am I saying here? It's weird to us is that uh, – well, I don't know, Josh. What's your take on it as I collect my thoughts? 
<laughs> I mean, two, two-thirds of the Fed projecting two hikes left in 2023. The market's got a single-digit percentile chance of that happening. Fed funds futures have been very, very, very wrong over the last three years, but I don't know what gives here. It's a, obviously a lack of trust given, uh, well, given the Fed's history here over the last couple of years. I think only two members, two Fed governors, said that they didn't think two more rate cuts were necessary. So, you know, we, I think we have to believe that the Fed is going to. My question is, is um, clearly it's never been more clear to me that we are not in a restrictive poli- uh, interest rate policy. No, that, so if, I mean, that's, if, that's obvious. And so, you know, so good example on Wednesday, we're mildly restrictive. I would on, say. on Wednesday, uh, a, a, a Mediterranean fast food company. So pretty, pretty, uh, you know, niche, I would say, uh, to say the least. Um, so a Mediterranean food company that is losing money, mind you, losing quite a bit of money went public. Their stock doubled in the first day of trading. So to say that five and a quarter percent is restrictive is crazy if that is still happening. So um, what I don't understand, and there was a young fellow, I think he worked for the New York Times or one of those uh, newspapers back east, uh, but he asked the, the chairman, he said, well, if you guys are planning on two more rate hikes, why not just rip the Band-Aid off? And I thought that was a good question. I'm in that guy's camp. It's like if you know you're going to continue to hike rates – why not just keep doing it? And that's when the market says to, 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 you know, investors say, well, maybe they're pausing because, and then they're saying we're going to be data dependent because they're really not going to raise rates. That's where the market is, in my mind, at least. Um, and so, you know, what's clear is that even though we've seen the fastest increase in rates ever, we are still not in restrictive territory. In my mind, we're still quite a ways away when you can see some of the behavior that's happening in the capital markets where stocks, uh, there's big, big names up 100, 150%. Um, you know, we have, we have a, 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 NVIDIA's trading at 14 times sales. I mean, it's the most expensive large cap name in the history of the world. Well, the, um, me- the meme basket has just ripped to the sky, which... You know, it's obvious that this speculative impulse that uh, characterizes markets now is nowhere near being quashed. Right, but without quashing it, you're going to continue to see. If interest rates were restrictive, that would not be happening. Precisely, yeah. And so, what's what's odd to us is that everybody, you know, is is squawking about the fact that rates are uh, have gone up so much, and everybody wants uh, the Fed to to cut rates. But it's like, wait, we're not even restrictive territory yet, because if we were, all of the behaviors, the speculative behaviors, wouldn't be happening. You have a business like DoorDash, where every quarter losses per delivery accelerate, meaning they continue to lose an increasing amount of money for every transaction that they execute and their stocks up 50 percent year to date so you know all of that to, to to say like you know when you think back in history i mean where rates are yes they're higher than they've been in quite some time um, but we're still a ways away from i mean you go back to the to the late 90s when bill clinton was president and the market and the economy was ripping and rates were higher then than they are now and so i think you know the idea that the fed paused to me is mind-numbingly stupid uh, but again, they don't ask what I think. So we got the May inflation report, uh, uh, which we saw inflation came in uh, 4% higher year over year. So inflation is still s- sort of persistent and stubborn. And, and yes, it's come down quite a bit. But 2%, uh, you know, 4% still double core where they want it to be. Core is at 5% annualized. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, and we got retail sales were much better than expected. Consumer yeah. sentiment came rocketed higher. Well, is I mean, anyone surprised by the reality of retail sales smashing expectations? But even consumer sentiment, so the consumer's feeling be. good. And so, you know, all of this goes to say, like, you know, Josh and I did a, a video last week where we're like, you look, you know, the, we, we don't see how we don't at some point get to restrictive uh, where we have s- rates where they're somewhat restrictive, which quashes some of this activity because inflation people is not going away under the current s- situation where people are speculating and all sorts of I mean, of as part of that consumer sentiment survey, the Fed will be heartened by the fact that inflation expectations uh, amongst the consumer are coming down, which... But the, the problem with that is it, it, it works again. So when inflation expectations come down... People think, oh, well, we're not going to – rates are going to stop going up. We're, the economy is going to do fine. We're not going to have a recession. And then infl- inflation is really hard to deal with in, unless you kill demand. And demand isn't going anywhere. Look at all the numbers. The numbers are saying that – you know, it's, it's 2021 again, people. I'm sorry. And well, so uh, if the Fed doesn't a, learn the lessons that Paul Volcker in the early 80s, we're going to repeat It just them. seems like we're setting up for the double dip in like 2024 when the earnings recession actually – asserts itself because there will be carnage in certain markets when all of this 
low-yielding debt has to get rolled over and refinanced. All right, if you'd like to be part of our program, you have a question for us or a comment, call us, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about sort of the sequence of which accounts you should start when you uh, to withdraw your money from when you're retired. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. For most kids, summer is the best. But for others, summer is tough because they're hungry. In Deschutes County, thousands of kids qualified for the free and reduced school lunch program. For many, it's their only meal of the day. But when school's out, getting kids their lunch becomes a challenge. No child in our community should go hungry, ever. But you can help, and it's inexpensive. Join the Ben Food Project. When you go to the grocery store, place one extra non-perishable food item in your cart. Just one. Healthy, nutritious things like pasta, tuna, cereal, or peanut butter. When you put the groceries away, put that one item in the green Ben Food Project bag we'll provide you. Every two months, we'll come pick it up. The process is easy, painless, and inexpensive, yet enormously rewarding. Can you help with the can a week? Get your green bag at benfoodproject.com. benfoodproject.com. Sun River Owners Association presents Turp Tunes, a free concert and variety show series every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. starting June 25th through July 23rd at Sharks John Gray Amphitheater in Sun River. Turp Tunes is fun for the whole family and supported by SROA, Sun River Brewing Company, Best Best and Krieger Attorneys at Law, The Source Weekly, Sun River Chamber of Commerce, and this station. Visit sunrivershark.com for more info. Say, what do you think of when you hear this sound? I think a steak on a grill. Uh, or maybe my hand when I grab the hot door handle on my truck. Not where I was going with that. Well, how about sizzling summer savings at Wilson's of Redmond? Now you're talking. Wilson's sizzling summer savings event is one of our biggest sales of the year. Hot, hot, hot deals store-wide. Sofas, sectionals, recliners, lift chairs, dining and bedroom sets. Sizzling summer savings on heirloom and Englander mattresses and special deals on power adjustable bases. Quality handmade Amish dining and bedroom sets, Porter Designs, Southern Motion, and Napa Furniture Designs. Wilson Summer Sale is red hot and rolling right now. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. At Wilson's of Redmond, this thing is sizzling. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it sizzling since 1962. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office here to get it scheduled. The number is 800-743-0988 or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So once again, and I'm, I was trying to think about what, 
what is the cause of this? So I'm a Gen Xer. Josh is a millennial. Uh, and once again, Gen X is the most frugal of all the generations alive today. So there's the uh, baby boom generation, obviously. Um, there's the traditionalist, which is the older than the baby boom generation. There's Gen X, it's me, millennials, Josh, and Gen Z. And uh, my generation, according to Bank of America and one of their surveys, uh, is the most frugal of all generations. And that's odd to me because I would have thought either baby boomers or the ones on the other side of the baby boomers would be the most frugal. And what do you, I, I can't think about what it is about my generation that uh, makes us the most frugal. Traumatized by past experience. Global financial crisis? Yeah, yeah maybe that's it, right? it. When we were like relatively early in our careers, the global financial crisis scared the you-know-what. Well, they're the last generation that actually had, I mean, baby boomers and uh, traditionalists or greatest generation, whatever you characterize them as, uh, are just flush. And yeah, but they're but, driving spending via healthcare. They, and a services. lot of them like sat across the table from people that went through the Great Depression. So I would think that they would be the ones. But uh, I, but that's like actual spend, and like a lot of that's got to be healthcare related, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just interesting that you but know, Gen Gen Josh and I talk about um, once Gen X, once my generation is not running the country, we're doomed. So you, you guys are still in accumulation phase, though. And no, no, back, but I'm talking about politically. Yeah. So once we're not in charge. You you can just pack it up and leave because once Josh's generation takes over, all you know what's going to break loose. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. Uh, but, and then, but Gen X is still in an accumulation mode, and they were the last generation that had to deal with hardship that's, that's hardship. relatively young. Hardship, come on. Well, like real hardship. What do you mean real hardship? I haven't had any hard days in my life. Well, come on. I mean, it's like, all been rainbows and butterflies. But just you know, the re material reality of today I didn't, is I, so different. Nobody dropped like, me off on a beach with a rifle and said, "Go fight those guys." And, <laughs> and oh, by the way, you're going to be here for a year and you're going to live in the muck. That's hardship. Yeah. I didn't have that. Our, my parents' generation, Vietnam, like we didn't have any of that. I mean, what's been hard for me that I don't get to go to Hawaii sometimes? Is that my hardship? <laughs> one one third of Gen X didn't grow up with a dishwasher. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so 12 of 18 Fed members uh, see two. So 12 of the 18 members of the Fed uh, Open Market Committee see two uh, hikes left in 2023. So most of the Fed thinks we're going to hike rates uh, two more times this year. Yet when you look at the Fed futures market, which Josh just talked about, uh, less than seven percent. There's a seven percent chance that there's two more hikes in twenty in, in twenty twenty three. And I think what it points to is that that nobody trusts the Federal Reserve and what the Federal Reserve says, and rightfully so. You know, when, I mean, famously they were talking about how the how inflation was going to be transient, and they, like I, I don't know what data they were looking at. They wanted thinking it was they be wanted expectations of a cut to fall off a cliff and they definitely got that i mean they were what north of 50 percent even just three three weeks ago yeah it's just so. crazy to me that we're gonna that that the fed is saying and they're gonna raise rates and the market really doesn't believe them okay so you know when you retire obviously uh you have hopefully more than one account so you might have your traditional ira you are in your 401k, all your all of your accounts uh, that you contributed to on a pre-tax basis, meaning you got the tax benefit uh, when you made the contribution to a traditional IRA, SEP IRA, simple IRA, 401k, those kind of things. Um, then you might have a Roth, some sort of Roth IRA or Roth 401k. Uh, then you might have a, a taxable investment account. Uh, hopefully. And so hopefully those are sort of the, the different places. And then you have to think about Social Security. And so there is actually, believe it or not, an, an order that you should be withdrawing money from these accounts. And it can make a very material difference in your where, where your taxes are, uh, your you know what's important to you in terms of giving uh, to your beneficiaries, all those sort of things. So Josh, why don't you sort of outline, you know, sort of where where we'd start and where we start with our clients, uh, and then we can go through the different places where you want to keep going. You know, there can be situationally specific, but the general hierarchy, of course, is like cash <laughs> and taxable accounts first, uh, non-qualified money, money that exists outside your retirement account. For a lot of people, that's a brokerage account. If you have a big uh, st stash of cash above your emergency fund, you're going to probably want to draw from there even before you start selling down investments. Uh, after that, we would 
turn to uh, pre-tax retirement accounts. Um, and then following that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So pre-tax retirement accounts like a 401k. Yeah, your 401k, 403b, IRA. your SAP. Remember, not everybody is those that we do every day. And then uh, lastly, and this, and, and many people, they'll actually never get to this bucket, but that's your Roth account. And, uh, for whoa, whoa, no, hold on a second. We're, we're, then, then, so it's, it's spending those two to delay taking Social Security, Pre right? Exactly. I mean, I was going to touch on that next, but the idea and using that taxable account and your, your cash reserves as a bridge to postpone filing Social Security, uh, build up that risk-free annuity. You know, every year after 62, you get a guaranteed 8% growth in your Social Security annuity payment stream. So build that, build that government-guaranteed annuity up and draw from your taxable accounts first. And then once you start to draw those down, supplement it with distributions from your pre-tax accounts. Uh, and then finally, you know, depending on how much, how many assets you've accumulated, you may need to turn to the Roth. You can you can do some version of a, a combination of all three payment streams. A lot of it's situationally specific, as I mentioned. Uh, it really just depends on what where your relative balances lie. So okay, so to, to back up and to summarize, it's it's to, so you're going to start with your any if you have cash in the bank or your taxable investment account, your your trust account or your joint account with your spouse, uh, that's where you start. And the goal in starting there um, is that you're going to have the le most tax control, right? So you're going to have uh, the ability to control your capital gains, um, and c even if you have to pay capital gains, they're at a lower tax rate n as we are now. Um, and then that allows you to delay taking uh, money from from Social Security for signing up for Social Security. So if you can, ideally you want to wait till 70 years old, right? Because every year you wait, the amount of income you're going to get from Social Security goes up by 8%. It's not a 8% increase in income is a big, big benefit. Um, and then, like Josh said, a traditional retirement accounts like 401ks, traditional IRAs, SEPs, SIMPLES, um, that's going to be, uh, you know, when that money comes out of there, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. And so that's why, uh, you know, you sort of want to delay that if possible. And if possible, really, you just want to be taking your required minimum distributions to minimize your tax liability. And then finally, in the sort of last bucket, uh, you're going to want to tap is your Roth IRA. Um, you know, Roth IRAs are obviously a great thing to pass on to beneficiaries because that's going to come out tax-free. Uh, the new rules do exist on a Roth where they do have to exhaust it after 10 years. Previously, that didn't exist. Um, but, the, you know, the two accounts that are most beneficial for uh, beneficiaries like kids and grandkids to inherit are your taxable investment accounts because they get a step-up in basis and your Roth IRAs. So that's sort of the order. Um, you know, everybody's situation obviously is going to be different, but that's how we think about it with our clients. Now, some clients, the order isn't like that at all, but, uh, you know, by and large, that's the order of how we start to have our clients think about it as a way to sort of minimize their tax liability, especially in the beginning, uh, and then try to maximize that fixed payment that they're going to get from Social Security because nobody can guarantee you 8%. If you can get a guaranteed 8% uh, on your income stream from the federal government, that is something you should take all day. All right, if you want to sign up for our newsletter, go to our website. We do a short video in the middle and end of every month. Uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Click on uh, contact us, send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, we're going to tackle some of your emails, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 
save thousands. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2023 inventory ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives, factory rebates, this weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking, free admission, free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Call 833 spa or visit Hot Tub and Swim Spa Celebrate Dad with Father's Day savings throughout the store all weekend long at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. It's Father's Day weekend. This year, instead of a tie or a last minute greeting card, get him what he really wants at Coastal, like Ariat Work and Western Jeans. Buy one, get one 50% off for Father's Day. Save $300 on a Kodiak 46 gun safe. Does Dad like to cook? The Grosny Rock Box Pizza Oven is $100 off. Plus, save on mowers and power equipment, gardening supplies, fishing gear, smokers, and more. Stop by and enjoy the Father's Day cookout Saturday from 11 to 2. Just 50 cents gets you a burger and drink limit supply. Discounted pair of Ariat jeans of equal or lesser value. Celebrate Father's Day this weekend and sign up to win a new Honda Rancher ATV at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch. We're just what the country needs. Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Anyone can choose to make a difference. You can help people succeed, rebuild after disasters, protect the environment, or feed the hungry. Not only will you make a difference for others, but for yourself. You can earn money for college, learn career skills, and make friendships that last a lifetime. Make a difference. Choose your future. Choose AmeriCorps. Every Kid Sports is leveling the playing field of life for kids, providing every kid the chance to build and practice the developmental skills that level the playing field of a kid's life. Every Kid Sports thanks Volvo Cars Ben for their support as they donate $100 for each vehicle sold in June. Cost is the biggest contributor of inequity in youth sports. Your financial support changes their game. Learn more about Every Kid Sports at everykidsports.org and at Volvo Cars Bend. At Big Country RV, we're celebrating our bigger and bigger summer sales event with our bigger lot in Redmond and bigger selection at both of our Central Oregon locations. Big Country RV recently expanded its Redmond lot so you can now choose from nearly 300 new and pre-owned trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, and motorhomes in stock. And bigger inventory means bigger savings during the Big Country Bigger and Bigger Summer Sales event. For example, a brand new 2022 Springdale trailer is now only $23,920. Pay less than $24,000 for a towable that's perfect for family camping. Big Country RV also has a bigger selection of small but mighty towables from Winnebago and I. And Big Country RV is your Central Oregon dealer for Lance, Alpine, Cougar, Forest River, Keystone, and other popular brands. The savings are big during the bigger and bigger summer sales event in Bend and at our expanded Redmond location. Big Country RV, your locally owned hometown dealer. Stock number 13343, subject to prior sale. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you do want to be part of the program, if you have a question or a comment for the show, 877-670-7117. We promise we'll be We'll be on our best behavior when we answer your question or comment. Um, so, there's a great book called "The Creature from Gretch, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island," and it's about the formation and the creation of the Federal Reserve. So, one thing that I believe to be true, and I don't know how anybody else will disagree with this, that the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States, was never meant to play such an important role 
you know, big role in the U.S. economy that it does today. Uh, you know, their, their goals, their mandates were price stability and full employment, and those weren't always the goals of the central bank. You know, b before, if you think about, um, you know, during the, right before the Great Depression, um, when J.P. Morgan essentially had to stop the run on banks, the Fed was sort of like, well, maybe we could create a central bank in the United States, and the this Fed can take the place and, and um, create some stability and, and sort of be a backup. And, you know, the Federal Reserve, just like any organization, they're, they're just cr trying to grow and be more important. Maybe it's not on purpose, but that's what's happening. Just like, you know, unions are always trying to grow. It's crazy to me. But when you think about a union, you know, union – theoretically shouldn't be always trying to get new members perpetually uh you know but th they are always trying to grow and so um that's the fed i mean it, and it's never it, it was never supposed to be such a huge important thing in, in the united states but here's where we are and most people don't realize that the most powerful man in america isn't the president or the governor of whatever state, it's Jerome Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I mean, he has way more impact on your day-to-day -day life than any of those other people. I know the people will argue with that, but then they don't know what they're talking about because they don't understand how the world works, and that's why they're mad. And that's why they drive around with flags and stuff. But it's, it's crazy to read about just how regionalized the U.S. banking system was pre-Federal Reserve. And we were just so fractured, and there was... All of these different competing considerations. Well, based but it made sense, right? Because like, if you're country. in the Midwest and there's yeah. agriculture yeah. versus like the you know the steel and everything yeah, in the Northeast, it's really neat. Um, so here, here's what's true: is that you know everybody also like when they talk about the Fed, they think of them as like being these people, all-knowing people that have all this information available and they're making decisions uh, that are the right decisions. And the lessons are that the Fed has consistently underestimated inflation and its presence. That's that's been a consistent theme. The Fed is nearly always behind the curve. They're always they've been reactive instead of proactive, right? So, you know, the Fed talks about being proactive, but that's not what they are. They're they're always reactive, uh, and the Fed is terrible, awful at forecasting almost anything, including their own actions, right? So they're really bad at forecasting what's going to happen in the economy. I mean, they I could not believe when they said inflation was going to be transitory. It, it made, you, you know, you looked at what was happening and you said, guys, tell, explain to me what, if that's true, Jerome, then inflation is always transitory, <laughs> right? And so uh, it, it's just crazy to me that this, this entity made of these men and women who are really smart people, I mean, infinitely smarter than I would ever wish to be or ever hope to be, um, but that doesn't mean they're good at policymaking um, because, you know, the biggest challenge, I think, is that they don't get out and they don't come to places like Bend, Oregon and see what's happening um, with economic activity. It's all on a spreadsheet and most of it they're reading about. And th there's a, that's very different than seeing the actual activity uh, in places like Bend, Oregon and Boise, Idaho and, you know, uh, Miami Beach and all of these places where people <laughs> – are making it rain, uh, and that is very inflationary. As, as, but whatever. Okay, let's tackle some email questions. This comes from Graham. Uh, I listen to your show often. You guys talk about asset allocation and diversification quite a bit. Uh, how do I know which asset classes I should be including in my asset allocation? That's a good question, Graham. Uh, well to consider what asset classes you should be including in your asset allocation, you know, that's usually a function of the purpose of your money and also your situation. But um, you should include the basics are large cap U.S. stocks, mid cap U.S. stocks, small cap stocks, uh, developed international stocks, emerging markets, and depending on your appetite for diversification, maybe a little allocation to real estate. And that's... REITs, yeah. Yeah, real estate investment trust, publicly traded ones. Um, but that's kind of the the gist of that in itself will pretty much capture uh, every in publicly traded stock that you need to own. And that's just on the equity side of your allocation. So Josh is right. That's your, that's your you know, when you think about how do I allocate my stock money, um, we like to be very specific about getting those allocations to those asset classes. Um, you can do though, you can get those allocations um, with a few funds really at Vanguard, you know, they have total market index, they have the total international and then, you know, you can um, get, get a, a bond index if you like and, and really get it accomplished. Not very well with three funds, but you can get all those asset classes in there. Um, we like to be more specific. And so that's, a, it's a good question, Graham. Um, you know, there is, so Josh and I have what we think is right 
uh, as an asset allocation for our clients and our client base, but it doesn't mean we're, you know, we're the end all be all. Uh, we like to think that sometimes, but only our dogs think that that's true. And so um, if you ask our wives, I'm sure that they would tell you that we could be done a lot better. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's like, if you think about David Swenson, who has run the Yale endowment and has really good long-term numbers, I mean, 15% annualized numbers for the Yale endowment, his asset allocation looks very different, but but that's because it can, because he has uh, longer, you know, th- that money is used very differently. He has a lot more money of it, money, so he has more access to, to, to certain alternative asset classes like Timberland and certain things like that that we don't. But, um, asset, you know, Josh is right in the basics are, are those asset classes on the stock side. And then on the bond side, in a normalized interest rate environment, and that's not where we are now, but a normalized interest rate environment, you'd want to have some bonds that you took some credit risk, meaning they're lower credit quality or, or, or you know, invest in the bottom part of the investment grade, corporate bonds. Uh, and you might want to own some muni bonds, um, you, you know, some treasuries. Uh, but right now, on, on in our asset allocation, we just own very short duration U.S. Treasury bonds because as the as the bond market changes and the interest rate environment changes, the credit market changes, we will change our asset allocation on the bond side of things. But right now, we don't feel like uh, that's the time to do it. And so, Graham, the important thing that is that you're thinking about it and. You know, there's lots of different places you can go and get an idea about different asset classes and how they react in different environments. Um, And so, you know, BlackRock's asset allocation is going to be different than Vanguard's asset allocation, than Schwab. All of those companies are going to have different ideas about asset allocation. But Josh is right in that the basics are you're going to want to have those tools, the large cap U.S., mid cap U.S., small cap U.S., developed international uh, and then, you know, some small allocations is probably emerging markets and real publicly traded real estate investment trusts. Some people add commodities to that. We don't happen to be in that camp because we don't think the risk reward story is very good. Um, and so, you know, there are lots of different asset classes out there. And then the thing to know, Graham, is to understand how they behave. And so what's happened over the last say 20 years, say 15 years, uh, whether you have an advisor or you're doing it yourself, is asset allocation has sort of gone away. And, and people might have 10 different funds in their uh, in their portfolio, but they really, these 10 funds own the same stocks. And so nobody, you know, they're all just usually U.S. large caps allocation. And so when we, Josh and I do a free retirement view and people come into our office and we look at their accounts, it's like, you have all these funds, but they all own the same companies. And so, which can be good in certain times. Well, it, but it, it, but it's not accomplishing what what you think it's accomplishing exactly. in that d- diversification. And so, yes, it worked great when U.S. large cap growth stocks were going up. But if that is the next decade, that's not going to be the case because the cost of capital goes up and and cash flow matters and and these boring businesses that have been left for dead uh, start to to matter again. You're not going to have exposure to these names. And you know when you look at the world today and you look at the United States today from a valuation perspective, small cap stocks, relatively large cap, are the cheapest they've ever been. Same with mid cap. And most of you out there listening to us right now don't have explicit exposure to these asset classes. Uh, and that can be okay if, you're, if you understand that, but um, you're probably giving up future return uh, by, by a- avoiding these asset classes. So, Graham, that, that is, you're right. We do talk about diversification a lot and asset allocation, um, but it, it's important to know, okay, well, if those things are so important, how do I accomplish that? And uh, we, we do it a certain way, but that doesn't mean we're the end-all be-all. Obviously, we, we think that our way of doing it is right, but, but obviously David Swenson would say you guys are missing out. Uh, and relative to his performance, he'd be right. <laughs> uh, all right. If you would like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month. We did one last week. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, uh, we're going to go through an estate planning guide, some certain sort of uh, 500 or 50,000 feet on what you should think about when you're thinking about your estate plan. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
Disasters happen, and Oregon faces a range of disaster threats, including earthquakes, floods, and storms. You can prepare now by taking three important steps. Step one, contact your insurance company to make sure you have the right amounts and types of coverage. Step two, create a home inventory by taking photos or videos of your possessions in each room of your home. Step three, gather and make copies of important identifying and financial documents. Store them in the cloud or another secure location. These three actions can help you and your community be more resilient in the face of disaster. Be disaster ready by being insurance ready. Visit dfr.oregon.gov slash prepare now to learn how. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Hello, it's Mike with Highline Homes. And no matter where you are in your family story, Highline Homes has a home plan just for you. Take Ryan, for example. We were just kind of starting out. We'd been renting for several years. And really just like the partnership that we got with Highline Homes. And Highline Homes approved lenders have 100% financing offers, so the down payment doesn't have to be the obstacle that it might be otherwise. Virtual tours and more at HighlineHomes.com. Oregon CCB number 181069. Highline Homes. On your lock on time, Bill Wright. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man aged 45 non-smoker can get a million dollars of coverage for $75 per month. Level rate for 10 years. Or a man aged 50 non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for a new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote. 800-786-9161. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-786-9161. Remember, 1-800-786-9161. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker rate class. Exam required to qualify. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. Let us know you'd like a free retirement review. So one of the things I, I've uh, I sort of underestimated probably, and we'll see when we get there, but um, as a headwind to the U.S. economy that's coming, another headwind to the U.S. economy that's coming uh, is as part of the uh, – raising of the debt ceiling, um, all of you that have student loans uh, are going to have to start paying on those again. Imagine that. Uh, you borrowed some money to pay to go to college, and now you're going to have to pay that money back. So uh, 45 mi million Americans are going to have to uh, start on um, uh, October. It's probably sometime in October. Your interest on the, on your student loans resume uh, resumes on September 1st. I can't believe there's been no interest charged on that money for as long as it's been. It's so crazy to me, but interest is going to resume on September 1st and you're going to have to start paying in October. And so when I think about that group, they're generally young-ish people. So 40 years and younger, usually most of that group. 
um, you know, they've had an extra two, five hundred, maybe even up to a thousand dollars a month in extra money it's, that it's they've close been able to, to. It's a, right about fifteen point eight billion a month in consumer spend. Yeah, so that's going to go away, uh, and so that's going to be rough for retail sales and those kind of things. And so, uh, will the party's over though. And it will definitely help as it relates to travel and. Uh, restaurant, so it will it will help lop off some of that services related inflation because it's another competing dollar with the boomer discretionary spend. Yeah, and so you know, hopefully, if you were in the camp and didn't have to pay interest, you could make you were making really big dents in your uh, student loan money uh, because you haven't been paying interest for three years now, which is crazy to me. I love how the United States, like we have something happen, right? The financial crisis, COVID, whatever, where it's an emergency and and everybody can admit that it's an emergency, right? Some form of emergency. But then somehow the emergency goes on for years or decades. And it's like, you know, we had emergency monetary policy way after we needed it. And we've this group of people haven't had to pay student loans for way longer than they haven't needed. Like, what is the what? What's the rationale for not having to have paid back your student loan debt? And now student loan debt is ginormous. I mean, it's just ginormous. And when you think about where rates are going to be on student loans, I can't even imagine. So if somebody's starting college, like my son's starting college next fall, uh, he, he's not going to have student loan debt. But you know, some of his peers, the interest on their student loan debt is going to be 15, 16, 17 percent. Um, and I, I understand. Well, it's like, well it's, how high most can, of it's subsidized. Well, yeah, I guess it's private, private student loan. Undergraduate, yeah. 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 But even subsidized, it's going to be 8 or 9%. I mean, that's what it was when I was in school. But, but you understand the reason and people are like, why is it so high? It's like, well, because it's uncollateralized debt to a 20-something. Why wouldn't it be high? There's a lot of, you know, like those income, uh, you know, they have these income sharing agreements, ISAs. There's a lot of innovative ways to, to finance it that didn't exist a decade ago, but uh, it's... Yeah, it's it's that's going to be more impactful to inflation in my eyes than than anything else that's been done on the fiscal side because the the fiscal side of the ledger, uh, meaning the federal government spend, has been canceling out a lot of the Fed's actions as far as quantitative tightening that they're trying to do on the monetary side. Okay, let's talk about estate planning. So um, it's not exciting, but it's important. And, you know, the amount of people that don't have an estate plan, don't have a will, don't have a trust, don't have any uh, documents uh, is really pretty high. And, and so if you care about uh, your, your, whoever your beneficiaries are and you want your money and your estate to go in the way that you want it to go, to the people you want it to go, estate planning is really important. So you need to think about these things. When you need to start, guess what? You need to start at 18. So like my son, who turned 18 this spring, he uh, has you know limited power attorney. My, parent, my wife and I have it, and then he has a healthcare director, right? So if he gets a car accident or something um, you know, at 18, um, he needs to have those in place. So that's when it really needs to start. It's pretty basic then, but that's when it really needs to start. Um, but you know, you, you, need, you need to have a will. If you don't have a will in the state of Oregon, the state of Oregon will decide. And I'm pretty sure most of you aren't going to like what the state of Oregon uh, does. And it's going to take a really long time for the state uh, to get it. So you need to start with like, you know, when I, when my wife and I go in uh, to our state planning attorney, you know, we start with this long list of the things, you know, when our, our kids are minors, if your kids aren't minors, you have to, come, you know, decide that. Um, but, you, you know, your beneficiary designations are a big one. And then asset titling. You have to think about all of your asset uh, titling. You need to give somebody some durable power of limited power of attorney. So, like, in my case, you know, if, if I'm able to not able to act on my behalf, my wife has to be able to do that and vice versa. And so in Josh's case, same thing. And so you need to give, even if you're not married, somebody some limited durable power of attorney. Um, you, you know, that doesn't mean they can do everything, but they need to have some ability. And there's different levels of, of this power of attorney. There's different levels of what they can and can't do to help you if uh, you somehow become incapacitated. Healthcare directives, this is a big one, right? So um, Josh has instructed that if my words start coming out backwards or, or I'm a vegetable, that he's just put, my health care directive to Josh is to put a pillow over my face. Uh, but since the hospital probably won't let him do that, you need to have a health care directive. And, you know, this is something that everybody needs to have that's over 18 in the state of Oregon. Um, sometimes it's called a, a medical, po- uh, yeah, medical power of attorney. So you need, this is part of the estate planning process that your attorney, your estate planning attorney can, can walk you through is this health care directive 
directive is a really, really important one because, you know, the, the hospital isn't going to be able to do much uh, without that in place. You need a living will. And then, you know, depending on your assets, um, there are certain ways, like if you could, instead of having a will, you could have a trust set up um, because, you know, in the state of Oregon, we have an estate tax problem above a million dollars in assets. And so there are certain ways, like in my estate plan, I have a will that sets up a trust at my death. So my wife uh, can exclude a bunch of assets uh, from from an estate planning purpose to, to avoid paying some uh, state taxes, and then my my kids would have to deal with those. But uh, that's that's a big one. Is is um, is that inheritance tax? You know, at the federal level, most people are covered, but here in the state of Oregon, it's only a, a million bucks. So here's here's how you have to think about it: inventory your assets. That's something you need to have uh, when you go into your. Uh, when you go in to see your attorney to to to, the, to your state plan, uh, you know real estate, land, vehicles, personal assets, collectibles, bank accounts, investments, all those sort of things, life insurance policies. You need to have an inventory list for the attorney. Um, choose your representative, right? So, like in my case, my wife and I are reps, but you know, if something were happening to both of us, uh, we had to choose somebody that would take care of our minor, minor children. And just know when you're talking to that person, when you're asking that person to be your rep or your executor, you are asking a lot of them. It is kind of a lot of work, and so make sure you acknowledge that and and they understand what they're getting to. Um, make sure you understand how you want to transfer your wealth. Uh, and then you got to execute the plan, right? You got to put it in place and then put your assets if you set up a trust. And then I would just tell people, um, you know, you should review it relatively often, two or three years, because your life changes, your kids aren't minors anymore, all those sort of things. And so, you know, we see trust and wills that are from the 90s and things have changed immensely. So review it uh, because your life is going to change and then you might have to review it and make some changes or amendments with the attorney. All right, if you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So give our office a call to get one of those scheduled 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to ask you, are you making some of these portfolio mistakes? Hopefully not. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 